What's going on, everybody? Glenn P. Brooks Jr. here. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I'm a coach. And I want to welcome you to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I get the opportunity to add value to entrepreneurs, business owners, and ministry leaders, both on and offline. And this episode is going to be no different. Stick around, and we're going to get started right now. We'd like to welcome you back to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I'm Glenn P. Brooks, Jr. Super excited to have you guys along for the ride. We've been talking lately about the story behind the brand, and all of you guys know me well enough to know that I am really about the experience uh, that you are, that's curated when you're working with people's brands. I really think that when you understand people's stories, it changes how you interact and engage with their brand. Uh, when we talk about stories in a blog post uh, that was written years ago on HuffPost.com, contributing writer Flynn Coleman asked this question. He said, why are stories so powerful? The truth of the matter is that they are more memorable than facts. Our brains are actually wired to respond to stories. Metaphors and anecdotes actually help us relate ideas to our own experiences, providing richness and texture. Stories bring you and your listeners into a multidimensional world full of colors, sights, smells, and emotions, making us actually feel as though we were in the story. Today is going to be an incredible day. I've got a great friend of mine who I have built a relationship with over the years. We started out as coach and client, and uh, he quickly became uh, a friend and then later really family, to be honest. Um, I have a tremendous amount of respect for how he moves, not only in the marketplace, but in ministry. Um, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my great friend, George Hawkins Jr. Welcome, man. Good to have you, bro. Good to have you on the, on, on the show today. What's up, coach? What's going on, What's man? What's happening, my brother? Listen, listen, listen. I'm excited, George, because one of the things that I really want you to begin to unpack, and we're going to have a real organic conversation. Now, you and I, we talk like this all the time, uh, whether it's over a meal, whether it's on the golf course, you name it. We talk about this, and I have so much respect for how you move, how you have been able to really galvanize your story and, and, and intentionally weave it into who you are today and how you show up. Let's take people all the way back. Um, I know the, some of the backstory. I'm sure you're going to share some things today that I probably wasn't even aware of. But let's talk about, George, how did you grow up, the kind of home that you grew up, grew up in, and how did that begin to inform the work that you're doing today? Let's get it. Well, grateful. Wow. Yes, I grew up. So I am from Anne Arundel County in Maryland. Uh, in the rural part of right out suburb outside of Annapolis called Harwood, Maryland. And uh, I am the oldest of five sons of my mom and dad. My dad owned business. He was a uh, home improvement, building houses in the Anne Arundel, Prince George's County. My mom worked for the state government. And so I grew up in a very close-knit uh, family, large family. And uh, primarily the overarching culture in my home was the church. And so my grandfather was my childhood pastor and, and uh, grew up in a very, what I would, what people would call today a very strict holiness background church. And so the church dictated everything. So family, um, we, we kind of became almost cultic in that 
you dropped family members who were not members of the church and people who were members of their church became your aunts and aunts, uncles and cousins and, and so forth. So yeah, that's, that's kind of my background. I grew up in mostly a world. Uh, my high school had about 10% African-Americans, mostly um, uh, Caucasian. And then uh, by God's providence ended up at HBU uh, for undergrad in business. I, I had always assumed, Glenn, as I kind of shared with you, that I always had this heart to help people, right? And so I said in the, the I remember freshman, uh, when you declared major, my dad said to me, I saw, I thought I was going to be a social worker, wanted to be a social worker. My dad said, boy, there's no money in social work. You're going to be a business person. And so my undergrad is in business. And uh, so, yeah, that's how it all got started. And uh, thought I was going to be a millionaire and uh, be a philanthropist for the church. That's my that was my goal. George, one of the things that I know about you and uh, for those of you guys that are just tuning in and uh, I apologize if there's some some signal coming in and out. But uh, we're going to try and forge through this. George, one of the things that I know about you, man, is that you didn't intend on ending up a pastor as much as you grew up in the church and as much as you grew up in you know, your grandfather was a pastor, your dad was a pastor, like uh, you have brothers who are pastors like that. That was not your your uh, wish. Um, you talked about be, being a business person. Um, I, I know you went to Bowie State and shout out to all the HBCUs. Let, let's talk a little bit about um, how your education began to uh, cause you to kind of rethink some things relative to to how you're showing up today, because for those that don't know, and we'll get into it, uh, you, 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 you run a pretty amazing church in Prince George's County. And, and when I say run, you get to be the leader and anybody that knows George knows that he's super humble about that. He gets to do that. It's not something that he does. George, can you talk a little bit about the, the, the turnaround in your college years that caused you to begin to, to show up as who we know you are today? Yeah, so I think that even before college, what was an overarching thing that I learned is how insecure I was, how lost I was as it relates to an identity, a a confidence that I knew who I was. As I said, I grew up in a mostly Caucasian world, so that's I'm in, I'm a seventies a baby. And so great deal of busing and all of that being shifted around. So I think, I think the overarching issue that I, I struggle with Glenn is this, I, this identity crisis of trying to figure out who I was and, and where I fit into society. And so therefore, if you've ever stepped foot on a, on a college campus, if you don't know who you were, who you are, uh, some, some group, some club, some, uh, even the unassociated group of people will, will assign you an identity. And so I struggled there uh, a great deal. And so so that that became kind of the, the overarching issue that I struggled with to find where I was. And so, no, pastoring was the furthest thing from my mind. I knew I was going to be essential uh, uh, in the church, but I figured that pastoring was something because I'd seen the work and the lack of resources that pastors dealt with. So no, I, 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 there was no, I got married right out of college. 
And even though I was very calculated in who I married, uh, I struggled in, at being a husband for the first four years of my marriage. And so all of these things kind of combined to, to find, okay, who are you going to be? What's going to be your overarching legacy? And uh, what are people going to say about you? I felt that I was going to be a bad husband, a bad father, or, you know, the, the, the list goes on. So yeah, that's the, uh, and I think for all of us, you know, trying to be something great with being something, you know, starting, starting with, okay, what am I going to be? What is the foundation of my life? And so that was my rotation for, for so long. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote down finding George. I can tell you, man, um, I'm so glad you, you found him. Um, I'm so glad that you figured that out. You and I have talked about how, you know, that journey, of trying to discover who you are, what you're supposed to be doing, why should you be doing it, and certainly who do you serve. Today, you get a chance to serve people, and I want you to talk a little bit about how in the world did you go from business to counseling to pastoring. Like, on the surface, they don't seem to correlate. <laughs> they don't seem to really all go together. And uh, and I, I really want you to kind of take us down that little bit of a journey, and then I, and then I want to really get into from a mental health standpoint, as a counselor, what are you seeing in the church and how can we do things differently? How can we do things better? Come on, let's talk. Thank you, man. So I, I after getting married and struggling with marriage, my wife and I contemplated divorce about three to four years into marriage. We just could not get along uh, we seem to fight all the time about everything, and us and friends suggested that we uh, accompany them to a marriage retreat or marriage conference in Baltimore called the Weekend to Remember from Family Life Today. And uh, from Thursday to Saturday, our whole lives turned around. Our whole marriage transformed, and we just could not believe that it was that simple uh, in developing tools. So as we started to having friends and family to come over our home and we, and I decided that I needed to get more education, more training to be able to help situations and went back to school and got a master's degree in psychology and counseling. And from that point on started to understand that my real niche in ministry was really binding psychology, psychology and theology together. And that's where this whole idea of counseling started coming around, that it really started with dealing with people who had relationship issues, marital issues, father-son, mother-daughter issues. And so that's how this kind of came out. And my home became uh, this sanctuary for people to come in and kind of talk about, hey, I love God, but I'm struggling mentally. So uh, over time, that's how the church got started, because we really started to be practical in understanding that where where, where don't you fit, you know? And, and so starting about how we combine uh, psychology is, is the study of the mind and behavior, how people think. And I, I discovered, man, that uh, the Bible was illustrations and people's examples of folks dealing with mental issues because of the fallen nature of our world when Adam sinned, mental health and all of the the trappings that, that deal with mental health and the mind became 
exposed. And so uh, I, my scripture that I had to recite over and over again through, through, this, through this phase is Psalms 139, 14. I will praise thee because I am fearful and wonderfully made. And so that became the, the kind of the, the, the beginning of shifting me from. I was in financial services for 16 years, began to move away from that and into uh, what I consider now to be uh, the opportunity to shepherd people and to uh, create a place of safety for people to share and to expose and, and to love on them and to see the love of God. And so that's really what we do. Uh, our church is really built on practical information that helps you Monday through Saturday. Um, and, uh, and then I run a, a practice that I do uh, really for pre- those who are contemplating marriage, those who are struggling in marriage and doing more counseling and combining those things. And you're right. And I think some of your other uh, uh, moderators have shared that the church has for years I think more importantly was ignorant as to how to deal with the idea of mental health. You cannot read scripture, whether it be David or Elijah or anyone else in scripture and not see the stress that comes from loving God, serving God and dealing with things that stress you out. Right. And so I just think that there was such a, I mean, you go to seminary and there's no, there's no class that talks about mental health. And so people coming out of seminary with doctor's degrees, but really is only in homiletics and hermeneutics, but really nothing that deals with the mind and those that people deal with in, in their hearts. You know, a lot of them read the scripture with this. When my heart is over, really, that's really talking about the mind. It's really talking about I'm stressed out. David's saying I'm stressed out. So, yeah. So I think it is a joy and an honor that we get a chance to, as our ministry has grown over the years, letting people be, uh, I think John kind of just be honest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to fake it. This is this is really where the rubber meets the road. You get a chance to be absolutely positively honest. And then the the love of Jesus settles that. And then you work out, you know, strategically, how do you begin to bring the joy of the Lord into not just the spirit man, but into the soulish man, you know, the the mind and and the heart that that all of us struggle with. So yeah, it's a it's a wonderful marriage when it's done well. And I think over, what I've seen in the in the Christian community is over time more than the last five five years now. And definitely, every pastor has had to think differently about how he is going to minister to a congregation that is broken. You know, that Man, is broken. Listen, I think that that's the part that I, I really. Uh, want to help uh, turn the tide and, and that idea of being shamed or ashamed of our brokenness. And I think that unfortunately, George, as a minister, and, and again, I, I've, I've, I've never been a lead pastor, but having served as an associate pastor for a number of years, I can tell you that the culture in church often does not help us lean into transparency. The culture of, um, you know, even our human condition uh, coming up in black and brown communities, and I can't speak of any other communities because I didn't, I didn't grow up in them, 
but it doesn't lend to us being vulnerable. It doesn't lend to, to that. So if you were to give some, some practical wisdom to some budding ministry leaders that really desire to lead their organizations or what have you in a way that quite frankly will allow people to be more themselves, be more transparent, be more open. Can you give us something practical that can help us kind of navigate what that could look like? Well, I, I serve pastors now, Glenn, since I've been shepherding now for 22 years, I get an opportunity to help church planters. And, and so one of the things that we spend a lot of time with is talking to people from the standpoint of what troubles them, right? And so you start there. Start with, uh, as you begin to minister, St. John chapter number four, we're, we're all very familiar of Jesus uh, talking to the woman at the well, right, in St. John chapter number four. And so Jesus did not start with her spiritual health. That's the last thing he, he spent time with. He started dealing with the idea of the of the insecurity she was dealing with, with why did she come to the well by by herself when no other woman came to the well? Well, there was, there was, there was embarrassment. There was isolation there that Jesus dealt with. Uh, dealing with the whole idea of ethnicity. Um, she was a Samaritan. Jesus was a Jew. That was a struggle. And so there's a lot, there's a lot to deal with that. So I think I tell, I tell pastors and I, I share with ministry leaders, no matter whether they're senior pastors. And as you said, you know, I was a choir leader at, before. And, and if you're, if you're in touch with, you know, no matter what ministry you're doing, outreach, choir, praise and worship, down room, you you are touching people and you hear people's life stories. I would say slow down. I would say don't rush to give an answer. Have more time for the listening. Um, because one of the one of the advantages that we have as people of God is what God calls the Holy Spirit, the Paraclete, the one that comes alongside us. He is a great discerner if given time to, if we slow down long enough to not cookie cut people's into categories that we think we have a pan answer for. I think we slow down long enough to listen to people's individual stories and, um, and, and then start from the standpoint of, uh, one of the challenges that pastors have is um, coming to an agreement with, hey, you're not alone. I've been there or I'm there in some way. This whole idea of transparency goes both ways. You're not just there to be transparent with me. When you're with me, I'm going to be transparent with you. We're going to we're going to find like experiences so that we can find connection. And I think my my success in ministry has always been from the standpoint that I don't speak to people. This is a we discussion, not a you discussion. And that is so tremendously uh, for people to be, to believe that I am a pastor. I'm a husband. I'm a father and a successful one. And I still. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you just tuned in into the broadcast, uh, this is my great friend. His name's George Hawkins, Jr. He serves as lead pastor at high calling ministries in Prince George's County, Maryland, He's a counselor. 
He's a businessman, and he is a leader of God's people trying to help them understand, listen, you are not in this by yourself. George, I'm going to tell you, man, I certainly appreciate more than you know uh, you taking time out to share with us today on We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. If there's one last parting word that you might have for people, what would it be? And uh, tell folks where they can get in touch with you. Absolutely. Well, my parting word is that uh, life is progressive. Uh, the scripture talks about that it's better to be a live dog than to be a dead lion. And that inference is that people will tout who they are. Uh, but we're all, all dogs. We're all, all trying to make it. And it's okay as long as you have life as long as you're still living, that there is still a chance for recovery, for healing, for thriving in your, in your life. And so I, my number one, you're, um, no matter how much you look at other people and admire who they are, the comparative is that you just see their, their snapshot, um, and, um, and so healing is a progressive thing. Community is so important. I would say anyone who's struggling mentally is to find community that is helping and awesome and honest. And that's where healing more importantly comes than anywhere else. I think that you can always reach me. My, my email address is uh, ghawkins at highcalling.org. That high calling has to do with identity. It's Paul saying, I'm not where I belong. Paul says that's Philippians chapter number four. I am not, I have not arrived. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching for those things which are ahead. He says this word, I press. I press for the mark. There is something that God wants us, we're, we're out to be, but it's a press. It's an everyday journey. And so you can reach me at high, at G Hawkins at highcalling.org. A, a um, devotional Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube um, called Wake Up With The Word that I give people a, a dose of God's word and, and practical teaching for their lives uh, every Monday through Friday at 5.55 a.m. And so, yeah, it's uh, you can go to my our church's website. It's www.highcalling.org. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, High Calling Ministries, uh, Instagram page, High Calling Ministries slash Maryland MD. And so, yeah, um, I'm I love I love you, Coach, and your community. I think it is transforming the world, and I so appreciate. Uh, you invited me, so I had a great time, as always, man. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, George Hawkins, Jr., y'all just give it up. Let's give it up. Listen, I appreciate you guys tuning in for this week's episode of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I'm Glenn P. Brooks, Jr. We'll be back next week with another person who's going to really share with you the story behind their brand. Y'all be good, be amazing, and at the end of the day, here's what y'all know what time it is. Y'all know what it is. We all need some help. Y'all be good. We'll talk soon. Well, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us once again for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Uh, be sure to download this, and if you need to connect to us any kind of way, uh, you can reach us at www.glennpbrooksjr.com. At the end of the day, y'all already know what time it is. You cannot get to any place of significance by yourself because we all need some help. Y'all be good, and we'll talk soon.